brought to you by Maine West Animal Hospital. Dog Talk with Dave McMahon on News Talk 610 CKTB. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm your host, Dave McMahon. Welcome to another episode of Dog Talk. My guest tonight is Mark Connolly. He's a professional dog trainer and owner of Canine Command, Inc. in North Carolina. Say hello to Mark, everyone. Are you there, Mark? We're having some technical difficulties. Mark, are you there? Cannot see you, cannot hear you. You there, Mark? Hello, Mark. You're live, Dave. Go ahead. Hey, we had some technical difficulties. I don't know what the heck happened. Broadcasting on 610 CKTB. I'm Dave McMahon. Welcome to another episode of Dog Talk. My guest tonight, Mark Connolly. He's a professional dog trainer. He's the owner of Canine Command, Inc. from North Carolina. Say hello to Mark, everyone. Hey, Mark. Thanks for joining me tonight, buddy. Hey, glad to be here. Really appreciate it. We share so many of the same Facebook friends. Absolutely. Small world. Yeah. The dog, the crazy dog world. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, uh, if you could share with our audience, first off, uh, I understand that you and your wife, Amy, met when you were both studying to become professional dog trainers yourselves. And you were going to the, uh, the West Virginia Canine College, and that's where the two of you met. Can you can you start with that? Yeah, I'll try to give you the quick version, sped up. Uh, so I'm originally from Massachusetts. She's from North Carolina. Um, this is pre-internet, uh, mid-90s. Found out about this school in the back of a Dog World magazine. And uh, I drove down there, checked it out, signed up. It was a three-month uh, three school, professional dog trainer, you know, a little bit of everything, police dogs, all that stuff. And uh, wound up, there was like 15 students, and she was one of them. And... Uh, you know, romance started there and uh, decided to move down south with her, and we started our business together. And we actually went back to the school again another couple of years later for a uh, three months of detection dog training before we returned back again. But we got married about a year after we met at school. Now, let me ask, was becoming a dog trainer anything that you had thought of ever as a child, uh, working with animals, or did you want to be doing something with dogs or policing or canine work as a, as a young kid? Had this crossed your mind? 
I had no clue what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> I, uh, most of my friends all went off to four-year colleges. I, I wasn't very good in school, had no interest. I uh, didn't uh, really uh, dedicate myself to my schoolwork and didn't know what I was going to do. And this sounded really interesting. I took a group class with a chocolate lab that I had. And uh, I, I, remember, I remember seeing the dog trainer's dog just holding the down stay during the entire class with all these crazy reactive dogs everywhere. And I was just in awe. And I was like, dude, how do I become you? And that's how it started. Yeah, you were blown away by that impulse control and Absolutely. The, the command that he had over his dog. Uh, Mark, you were also a uh, police officer uh, once upon a time and a canine handler for different detachments and a canine training director. Tell us about that. Yeah, I got in law enforcement in 1998. Uh, went from a different point of view. Most people get into law enforcement and and then kind of and then kind of get into the canine thing. Uh, I was already training police dogs and realized that hey, I could go to work with my dogs. So I just got into law enforcement for other reasons besides just the dogs. But um, I worked on the road for about 10 years and then I worked. Uh, then I left that and worked uh, in a company police. Uh, capacity without a dog for another 10 years before I retired from all that. <coughs> Excuse me, bit of a cough today. It's not COVID, I promise. <laughs> you can't catch anything from Yeah, we're, we're socially distanced far enough. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to wear our mask, do we, Mark? Yeah. No, we As don't. a police officer, you were involved in a vehicle chase that ended in violence, and I understand you were shot three times once upon a time can you tell us about that that's pretty freaking scary yeah that was 2005 uh yeah the brief rundown of it it was about one o'clock in the morning uh i was a very proactive type officer uh i wasn't i wasn't sleeping at one o'clock i was out working uh trying to detect crime drunk driving all that kind of stuff and then uh stumbled across the car went to initiate a traffic stop it turned to a car chase it turned out they were three gang members uh their car crashed, they jump and run. I took off in a foot chase. Gunfire ensued, and uh, they got the best of me. So uh, I survived it. Uh, two months later, I was back on the road, and uh, I worked about another year uh, at that department, and then I left and went to that other field. You're lucky to be alive after that one. Yeah, I took, I took one to the chest, one to the foot, one to the leg. Uh, but the chest wound was obviously the big one, and my best uh, saved my life. So, Mark, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back and continue uh, talking dogs with Mark Connolly, owner of Canine Command, Inc., located in North Carolina. He's an awesome guy. You already know that if you've been listening so far. I'm Dave McMahon. This is Dog Talk. We're going to hear some messages from our sponsors. and we got lots of stuff to chat about. Mark and I are going to have some fun today, all right? We'll be back right after this. The hunger, it's a hunger Tries to keep a man awake at night Are you the answer? I sure wonder When I feel with my appetite With all the power to release it It isn't If your dog could talk They'd be telling you all about the incredible deals happening right now at Pet Food Outlet. They'd say something like, the food prices are so low, the competition is howling. Your dog would also mention the selection of sweaters, coats, and boots. The pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, and reflective collars. 
Open Monday to Thursday, 9 to 7, Friday 9 to 8, Saturday 9 to 5, and Sunday 10 to 5. Pet Food Outlet, making pets and their people happy. 905-735-PETS. Why do so many pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them with dignity, respect, and the utmost compassion. Both vet clinics help make pet care affordable with financing for qualifying clients and are now welcoming back patients into the clinics. Visit Maine West Animal Hospital at mainwestvet.com and Heartland Animal Hospital at Niagara Falls Animal Hospital. Well, the conditions still closing off the eastbound lines creek on ramp to the Ford area bound QW. They're also affecting the volume. Toronto bound QW is very slow from the Garden City Skyway to 7th Street and in both directions between Niagara Falls and Fort Erie. Northbound 406 slowing down a bit from Woodlawn to approaching Highway 20. Now in West Lincoln, we have the power out in the Caster Center area. So if you see any traffic that's out there, treat them as always stops. And in Niagara Falls, look out for streetlight upgrades on Mountain Road between Mewburn and the QW. Wondering what your home is worth in today's market? Book a free no-obligation home evaluation with the local Fairsquare Realtor today. Visit fairsquare.ca. I'm Miles Marcus, 610 CKTB. Time to save traffic next in 15 minutes. Is it getting hot in here? Or is that just the newest taste bud jolting, eye-opening, mouth-watering offer only on DoorDash? Get a free spicy McChicken sandwich on your McDonald's order of $15 or more. Order now on DoorDash before it's too late. Taxes and fees extra. Conditions apply. This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital. Now, more Dog Talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB. Talk, everyone. I want to acknowledge the sponsors. Dog Talk uh, radio show sponsors Pet Food Outlet, Maine West Animal Hospital, Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital, and the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. So, thank you to our Dog Talk sponsors. And uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Mark Connolly, professional dog trainer from North Carolina, owns a company called Canine Command Inc. Mark, I was on your Facebook page and I came across something where there was some talk about two-legged furry community, the two-legged furry community. And then I had messaged you and I said, certainly that'll be a topic we can kick around for fun. Now, for those that aren't savvy to this and don't understand this, do tell Mark about this two-legged furry community. Oh, gosh. I know very little (laughs) about that. Where do you start? Can you give us a little bit? I don't know. If you follow my, if anybody follows my Facebook page, I'm I'm not afraid to post strange things, and and I'm very opinionated. And uh, I posted I posted this thing, and um, uh, gosh, I, I it's been it's been a month ago or so. I don't remember quite about it, but uh, people that were dressing up as animals um, and adults that are dressing up as animals, uh, I guess a little bit more often than Halloween. Let's just put it that way. Like um, role playing. Yeah, and then kids, kids going to school doing the same thing, and and I think what spun off of that was the whole anthropomorphism, um, and how our society has changed their outlook on dogs, um, and anthropomorphizing everything. Uh, and when I saw that and realized that this is a, this is, there's people in society that are like this, um, I thought you know it kind of explains a lot of the way people are with their animals 
So this is a, a, a lifestyle, the, the furry community, where people are dressing up as dogs and, and acting out and living as if though they are animals themselves. As far as I understand it, I, I don't know much about that. <laughs> but as far as I understand it, I just know that my, do- my daughter said she got barked at by somebody at school, and uh, that person believes they're a dog. Well, you mentioned you're opinionated, so am I, and, and uh, dog breeders, you know, dog breeders are very opinionated, but dog trainers are even more so opinionated, no doubt about it. How has yeah. COVID-19 affected you guys down there as far as the training center? Is there capacity limits? Uh, what's going on with the COVID-19 in your neck of the woods? Well, fortunately, um, we're in a very rural, rural area, um, so hasn't really affected us a whole lot. Um, you know, when the when it you know, 2020, you know, they first put down, they shut, shut everything down for a couple of weeks. And then we kicked things back up. We had some capacity, you know, to 10 people type of a thing. So, which was okay. Cause I keep my group classes usually around eight to 10 anyway. So it never really affected us in our day to day. I think the biggest thing was it affected some of our clients and whether how comfortable they were getting out to go to dog training. So of course, you know, like many people, we started upping our game with our remote learning opportunities and stuff like that. So uh, that's kind of, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, that sort of revolutionized what we're going to see with dog training due to COVID. Yeah. Now, did you have clients that were coming in person to the training center? Did you have any that asked if they could put their training on hold and postpone their training? Do you allow that in your contract with your clients? Um. I think the only thing that we really had, um, I was in the middle of a group class when this stuff came on, uh, this particular class, and if I remember correctly, we switched everybody to a remote learning opportunity, and then they could repeat the class in person at a later time. But uh, most people people just kind of flowed with it, Um, you know, not to get into the whole political side of things, but very conservative area here so a lot of people are just kind of just you know they just live in life and they're just rolling with it yeah yeah tell us about your personal dogs that you have now mark i understand you have one melanois belgian melanois yeah right now i have seven dogs i have uh four working line german shepherds i have one malinois um and then we have a, a very senior labradoodle and a carn terrier so, yeah, yeah, the Karen Terriers, they got a lot of fire under their butt. Oh, yeah, he's a feisty little thing. Like all the little dogs, he thinks yeah. he can take on all my shepherds and everything. He's he's full of it. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you think you'll ever get any more Melanois? Do you have a spot in your heart for them? Um, I've had quite a few through the years. Uh, I, I, I wasn't the first, but I would say that I was, I was uh, I'd say I was one of the first trainers in this state to start getting into Malinois. There's quite a few people that were into them before me. Um, but uh, most people, when I had one, nobody knew what it was. And uh, we wound up getting two at that time and quickly started getting more. Uh, we had a, we, you know, we had a couple litters. Um, that's going back, gosh, that's going back 15, 20 years ago. And, um, but, you know, it, I'm actually, you know, I'm 49 years old and, um, that's, I know that's not that old, but I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm actually wanting, as, as these dogs run their course that I have now, um, probably scaling down on the working dog side of things. So 
might get into some sporting dogs. It's something that's a little bit less drivey all the time. Yeah. Do you get a lot of the golden doodles and labradoodles that come for obedience and, uh, you know, at your, at your facility? I know we do here in Ontario, Canada. We get a lot of golden doodles, labradoodles. They're very, very popular. Yeah, I would say the, the Labradoodle Golden Doodles and German Shepherds are like the bulk of my business, mostly because people know us as German Shepherd people, so that kind of attracts them to us. And then we get we do get a lot of doodles. It kind of comes, it kind of goes in its ebbs and flows. I'd say, you know, a year or two ago, it seemed like 50% of the dogs coming through the door with some kind of Golden or Labradoodle. Uh, it's, it seems to be dying down just a little bit. Now, with your wife being a, a canine trainer as well, are you both kind of parallel? Would you say you're parallel or a lot of similarity on training methodology, I'm assuming, and uh, the way you deal with dogs and people? Yeah, like anything, you know, we both have our strengths and weaknesses. Um, and uh, mine is, is being in front of the camera and public speaking, and, and I, I handle a lot of that social, social side of things. Uh, my wife is... Uh, superb at uh, private lessons and that one-on-one -on -one relationship that she has with her clients. Uh, that's her bread and butter when it comes to our business. I handle the group classes, I handle the board and training, and I do a small bit of private lessons. Um, but yeah, there's definitely strengths and weaknesses between us, and we don't do things exactly the same. Um, even, you know, we learn from the same place, and we've gone to a lot of the same continuing education through the years, but but we, we both have our own personalities, our way of doing things. And, um, you know, there's just certain things that she'll teach a client one way, I'll teach them a totally different way. And then, yeah. and then if we're together, we'll, we'll argue about it a little bit in front of everybody and have a good laugh. So, You know, I, I don't know how you're feeling on this. I mean, you mentioned she, your wife does most of the private lessons. I prefer myself as a canine trainer to teach group classes. I find that if you're not clicking with someone just right, that private lesson was going to feel like 10 hours when it's an hour or half an hour, whatever. <laughs> I much prefer to do group over private. And there's only a small handful of clients doing uh, private with me currently. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta have the right chemistry with that person when you're working with them one-on-one. -on -one. And if, if it comes out that they're not dedicated, like that's just a big turnoff to me. The person's got to be dedicated. Otherwise, I'm wasting my breath. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our business has always been private lessons and board and trains up until uh, maybe about three years ago. I started jumping into doing group classes. Uh, I love doing group classes. Um, you know, it, it, and, you know, you do them as well. So you understand, um, you know, you're, you're more in a coaching. You're much more of a coacher, and it depends on how well you are at presenting the material in a way and giving them a, a you know daily work to do, um, you know, it's, and and I and I do my group classes in a way where these people have contact with me through the week through an online format and stuff. So uh, I hold them accountable all through the week. It's not like a I'll see you next week. Good luck. Um, you know, they they can reach out to me and and I can I, I they send me homework videos and stuff through the week for me to review and a readiness test before the week is over. Um, uh, but private lessons, um, I definitely know what you're talking about. I, and I, you know, I have, I definitely have clients that it, that it can be difficult to work with and um, yeah. difficult for me to reach them. And, you know, that's, it's, yeah, it's the nature of the business. But 
also, as I get further and further into this, um, I get a little bit more particular on who I want to work with in private lessons. You can and pick and choose. I try to a little bit, yeah. Um, particularly since I do more board and train and group classes, if I'm going to pick up a few private lessons here and there, uh, I try to be a little bit more particular. And, and actually, even going forward, I was thinking about this over these past couple of days and stuff. I don't usually do, I don't usually require evaluations because, um, you know, we've kind of seen all the dogs at this point. We kind of know what to do with different things that come through the door. Um, but i probably going to get to the point where with private lessons, if they want to work with me, they're going to meet with me first, and we're going to make sure we're on the same page. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll terminate, we'll terminate the agreement if they're not holding up their end of the bargain. Yeah. Now, do you have your client sign a non-refundable agreement? That's what we do. Just curious if you do. Um, I, we don't really have a we don't really have a refund policy for people. Uh, there, you know, there's times uh, with certain situations and stuff like that where, um, you know, we're going to refund people money or we might prorate something or something. But it's going to be certain situations. Um, you know, if you just come up and you say, it, it kind of depends. A lot of that is a private lesson type of a thing. But if you sign up for a group class and you show up and you you show up for one class two classes and then you say it's not for you I'm, I'm sorry you took a spot in my class so you know you made the investment you decided yeah. it wasn't worth it to you that's not my problem I wanted to ask you Mark about training callers and if it's a wide spectrum of training callers that you use you know yourself or that you permit uh, to be used in your classes or private lessons can you talk about the variety of training callers that you use. And just before you go into that, when I was a kid taking my Doberman for obedience classes at a local kennel club, and my mother would drive me there, back in those days, everyone had a choke collar on their dog. Like mm -hmm. everyone. Okay. Yep. So no one was using, there was no star mark collar. There was no martingale. There was no prong collars not being used in Ontario, Canada. When I started, everybody had a uh, you know, a choke collar on their dog back then. Right. right. How about yourself? Yeah. So, uh, I, I went, I went a long, long time where, uh, a lot of dogs were put on prongs. Um, and, um, I didn't really have any use for a choke collar at all. Uh, and it's mostly because nobody really ever showed me how to use it properly, how to lay the foundation of how to use a choke collar properly. Uh, here in the last couple of years, like my group classes, they, the dogs all start out on a choke collar. There will be a few dogs here and there that will move to a prong, uh, mostly because of handler limitations, um, or they're just not doing the work and they're not doing it properly, and they're going to need the prong to help them. Um, but we use we use uh, slip slip chains, we use star mark collars, we use prong collars, we use remote collars. Um, and we have dogs that we just use a slip slip lead or something like that. But most of the time, they're going to have some kind of corrective device. Yeah. And if we were to put trainers in different camps, the way it seems to have been going for some time now, would you classify what you're doing at your academy in North Carolina as balanced training? I would say that other people would classify me as that. Yeah. I hate the term. I really hate the term. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm all over the place, so I, I, I'm not I'm not balanced in in all the time. You know, depends on what I'm working with, the age yeah. of the dog, what are my goals at that particular day. 
you know. There may be a day where I'm, I'm using nothing but positive reinforcement, you know, and yeah. then there's other days where it's not. And, uh, and again, it depends on, it, you know, it depends on the client, what their goals are. Um, you know, how desperate are they? Is this an aggressive case? You know, what, what yeah. are we dealing with? Um, so uh, in the, the sort of textbook answer to that is, yes, I'm a balanced trainer. I just don't like the term. I'm yeah. just a dog trainer. I can, yeah. When people ask me what kind of, what do I do? I'm a dog trainer. Oh, are you a behaviorist? Are you a balanced trainer? Do you use positive reinforcement? I'm just a dog trainer. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. Listen, we're going to take a short break. We'll hear some more messages from our sponsors. And I'm looking forward to continuing our interview with Mark Connolly, owner of Canine Command, Inc. out of North Carolina. We're having a good time. We're going to cover a lot more ground. I'm Dave McMahon. We'll see you in just a little bit. Continuing with Dog Talk on 610 CKTB. Hi, I'm Aaron Jones. At Cron Electric, we never underestimate the power of a connection. Every job, big or small, we give it the utmost attention. But most importantly, we prioritize connections with our customers. Our electrical expertise lets us make every experience memorable. Repairs, renovations, or a new home? Our team is ready and waiting for your call. Electricity is essential. Satisfaction should be too. Cron Electric, connections that last. Visit kraun.ca. Pet Food Outlet is kicking off the new year with incredible savings. The prices are so low, the competition is howling. Find your dog's winter gear with their huge selection of sweaters, coats, and boots, and dog coat sizing to fit any dog, guaranteed. It's also the place for pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, reflective collars, and more. Open Monday to Thursday, 9 to 7, Friday 9 to 8, Saturday 9 to 5, and Sunday 10 to 5. Pet Food Outlet, making pets and their people happy. 905-735-PETS. Quick Check showed me which Capital One cards I could get approved for with 100% certainty. I wish I was that certain about everything. Like whether or not this coffee is decaf. Oh yeah, that's not decaf. Life is full of uncertainties, but not knowing if you'll be approved for a credit card shouldn't be one of them. Quick Check lets you know with 100% certainty before you apply. Plus, it won't impact your credit score. Capital One, what's in your wallet? See our website for terms and conditions. Dad, it's cold outside. When it's cold outside, there's no better way to start your day than the White Meadows way with a satisfying warm-your-heart breakfast. Like pancakes. So pick up your White Meadows Farms pancake mix in the Maple Sweet Shop. It makes breakfast easy. And delicious. Yum. Don't forget the maple syrup, too. And for a quick weekday breakfast, try drizzling some local White Meadows maple syrup on your oatmeal. White Meadows Farms on Effingham Street in Pelham and whitemeadowsfarms.com. Everything can Canadian Maple. We're still looking at the closure of the eastbound Lions Creek ramp to the Fort Erebound QW as weather conditions continue to affect the roads. Very slow turnabout from 7th Street to Victoria Avenue, as well as both ways through Niagara Falls and through Fort Erie. Northbound 406 seeing delays from East Main on and off to Highway 58. If you're going through Welland and Thorold, watch out for those delays. Also in West Lincoln, the power outage continues to be fixed in Caster Center. A message from Canadian Blood Services. There's an immediate need for blood. Over 100 open appointments in St. Catharines to fill this month. Book now at blood.ca. I'm Miles Marcus, 610 CKTB, Tom Saver Traffic. Pet Food Outlet is kicking off the new year with incredible savings. The prices are so low, the competition is howling. 
Find your dog's winter gear with their huge selection of sweaters, coats, and boots, and dog coat sizing to fit any dog, guaranteed. It's also the place for pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, reflective collars, and more. Open Monday to Thursday, 9 to 7, Friday 9 to 8, Saturday 9 to 5, and Sunday 10 to 5. Pet Food Outlet, making pets and their people happy. 905-735-PETS. Brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTV. Welcome back to Dog Talk, everyone. We're brought to you by Pet Food Outlet, Maine West Animal Hospital, Heartland Niagara Veterinary Animal Hospital and the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Thank you to our sponsors for making our show possible. Uh, speaking with Mark Connolly, owner of Canine Command, Inc. out of North Carolina. Mark, we have lots of dog parks here in Ontario. <laughs> Tell me, Mark, do you sorry, have sorry. dog parks in North Carolina? And I'd like you to rip on them for a bit. Yes, we do. Uh, again, uh, like I said earlier, we live in a very rural area, so we don't have as many as most people do, at least not close by me. Uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, no. I understand why they were created. I understand, you know, the motivation behind it. Um, you know, they can put all the rules and regulations that they want on the sign, and, and most of the people that walk through the gate never pay attention to a single one of them. Um, there's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a, uh, basically a doggy fight club. And uh, there's no parasite control. It's it's uh, just it's a bad atmosphere, particularly so for the people who bring in their puppy or adolescent dogs that are in there, and they just get traumatized, and then they walk through my doorstep, and they want me to fix their mistakes. So not a fan of them at all. Um, uh, small play groups with uh, sociable dogs of people that you know. I'm a fan of that. But going in with your eyes closed into a place where you have no idea what's going to walk in there. And I've seen so many things where, you know, human beings wind up getting into a fist fight in there and stuff yeah. like that. People get hurt. <laughs> it's just a bad atmosphere. People stay on their cell phones instead of paying attention to their dogs. They sit down. Their head is down. They're not paying attention. They don't even know the signs to what to look for. Yeah. I often say to my human disciples that, Taking your dog to a dog park is like playing Russian roulette. It is. Yeah, That's I mean, all it is I, hear all, I hear people all the time, and I'll, I make posts about it on my business page, and people all the time will be like, oh, we go all the time. We have the greatest time and everything like that. It's like, That's great. I'm glad you're enjoying it. You know, it's, you know, it's like going down a bad alley. Sooner or later, you're going to run into the wrong person. You should have known better. And that's, that's a good analogy. The analogy I go with is always you could run across Young Street in Toronto with a blindfold, and it's a pretty busy street, Young Street, downtown Toronto, but eventually you're going to get clipped. Eventually, yeah. your dog is going to get dominated and pinned down by another dog at a dog park. That does a number on the psyche, as we know as trainers. As some people may say, well, you know, I looked at his neck and there wasn't any marks or anything. Doesn't have to be any physical marks. 
It's what it left on the imprint on the psyche that can uh, revamp the dog's uh, interpretation of future dogs that he meets on the walk and whatever. So it's, uh, it's too risky. I don't think anyone should gamble on their dog's psychological welfare. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you're not a fan of dog parks either. I know there are some trainers that are. I don't know. I tell my students, pick your dog's friends carefully. Yeah. <laughs> if you want something to do with your dog after work, spend that time training. Tell us about the Canadian dog food that you're feeding and that you're having good results with. Uh, it's called Inukshuk. Um, I don't know a ton about the company. I've only been feeding it now for... Um, maybe six months, maybe a little bit longer. Um, I buy it by the pallet. It's shipped through me from Canada. Uh, my understanding, it was originally designed for sled dogs. Um, and uh, so it has a, there's definitely a working dog aspect behind it. Uh, and the, the key thing with it is it is a very calorie-rich food. Um, so uh, cost-wise, it's a very fair, fairly priced food. Um, and uh, my dogs all do well on it. You know, so when you have a bunch of dogs, you know, I got seven dogs. There's a lot of dog foods out there that, you know, you might have half do well on. Yeah, I don't want to have to feed every single dog in the house a different bag of food. Um, yeah. I like to buy, buy in bulk. And um, this food's done really well. Coats, are, coats look good. The stools are all consistent across the board with all of my dogs. Um, so I've had really no issues. Keeping weight on them is simple. Um, my dogs are all lean and, you know, athletic anyway. Um, so... It's never really an issue. They, they eat their food in seconds anyway. Um, but this food, I don't have to feed that much because there's so many calories per cup. Yeah, so it's a, nook, a nookshook dog food, a good, cool, native name for yeah. dog food. A nookshook dog food out, of, out west uh, in Canada. My understanding, yeah. Yeah, and good skin and coats. The skin and coats are looking good. They are. The poops, they are. The poops are looking nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's dog trainers, that's dog talk, but yeah, for, for certain, um, yeah, that's one of the first things we look for once the dog gets adjusted to that new food, is the stool loose, what's the color of it, you know, all that nasty stuff, but uh, very consistent across the board with the dogs, and, you know, and less, less, less poop volume as well, because yeah. they're, they're containing those nutrients instead of just going right out the back end. Now, have you ever fed raw to any of your dogs? I have early on, before it ever got popular. Um, I think, uh, was it Ian Billinghurst, I think, that wrote a book um, on raw feeding. I think his book had just come out, and we fed it to, at the time, I think we might have only had like two German Shepherds, and we fed it to those dogs. They did really well on it. Um, we were feeding more like a whole prey model, eating right, they were eating it right off the bone, and, and uh, uh, it, it went really well, but it was really hard for us to source the, the meat. And, um, you know, it, it just became so much trouble for us to have to deal with it. And that was well before they started having prepackaged raw and all these other options that are available to people now. Yeah. I've never fed raw. I have no experience with it. Some of my students feed it. They're happy with it. Oh. Teach yeah. his own. Yeah. Exactly. When I was on your Facebook page today, there was something that really caught my eye. And it's basically some words from you about what you're going to require from your two-legged students. And I'd like to read it now. Sure. So you're coaching people how to train their dog. And I couldn't agree more with what you said. 
the clients, the people that you're coaching on how to train their dog, they have to follow instruction. They have to pay attention to detail because there's technique, method, strategy. So they have to pay attention to the detail of what you're teaching them. They have to do the work. They got to be devoted uh, to putting in the homework with the dog and they've got to make no excuses. They have to ask lots of questions and they have to make training a lifestyle. What That's so great that you have put it that way. Great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Just one and of them of course, things that just, I had too much coffee at the moment and it just wrote it out. <laughs> did you dabble in the breeding uh, with the melon was? I can't remember what you just said there, or was it mostly the shepherds? You both, right? Both. Uh, we had a few litters of Malinois. We okay. had, I think we had a litter of Dutch shepherds and some of uh, German shepherds. Um, but we haven't had any, we haven't done any breeding in well over 15 years. Did you uh, do artificial insemination or natural breeding or did it depend? Uh, for us, it was always natural breeding. I've never, I've never had any experience with AI. Yeah. I've owned a few Belgian Melanois myself over the years and uh we all know that the belgian melanois is not a dog for a novice handler what would you say to someone if they were if it was a novice person and they're thinking geez i'd like to get a belgian melanois any words of advice well you know just like with any breed there are going to be there's going to be some malinois out there that might make a nice family dog uh with the right people that you know they still have a little bit of an off switch as we like to call it um but mostly it's going to be a very active dog. Um, they have to understand what the dog's instincts are, what those primal drives are, um, that they're going to fulfill these in some way or, or fashion, you know, some fashion they're going to fulfill those. And it may not be as suitable as you like as your yeah. family dog. You're, you're going to need training. Um, and uh, it, it's just, it's a lot of work. You know, it's not a dog to get because you saw it on a movie and you think that's cool and it makes you look like an operator. Um, be, be real careful. You yeah. need to be dedicated and put in the work. Yeah, couldn't agree anymore. Take a short break. We'll come back, continue our conversation with Mark Connolly, owner of Canine Command, Inc. out of North Carolina. We've been having a great time shooting the breeze with Mark, having some fun dog talk. I'm Dave McMahon. We'll be back with more dog talk in just a couple of minutes. The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is not just physiotherapy, fitness, and swimming. They have a great retail section, too. New to the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is the amazing Assisi Loop and Cannabiscuit Supplements. They continue to sell Muttluck boots, Fitpaw exercise equipment, help em up harnesses, and glucobites, as well as custom-made braces and custom-fitted wheelchairs. Call the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center at 289-362-5900 or email info at canineconditioningcenter.ca. If your dog could talk, they'd be telling you all about the incredible deals happening right now at Pet Food Outlet. They'd say something like, the food prices are so low, the competition is howling. Your dog would also mention the selection of sweaters, coats, and boots, the pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, and reflective collars. Open Monday to Thursday, 9 to 7, Friday 9 to 8, Saturday 9 to 5, and Sunday 10 to 5. Pet Food Outlet, making pets and their people happy. 905-735-PETS. 
Why do so many pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them with dignity, respect, and the utmost compassion. Both vet clinics help make pet care affordable with financing for qualifying clients and are now welcoming back patients into the clinics. Visit Maine West Animal Hospital at mainwestvet.com and Heartland Animal Hospital at Niagara Falls Animal Hospital.com. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTV. Welcome back to Dog Talk, everyone. Glad you could be here with us tonight. Mark Connolly's with us from North Carolina, the owner of Canine Command Inc. We're having a good time here talking dogs. Um, your your training facility is it far from the house? Do you have much of a drive? Half from my house. Oh, can you so, repeat that? Yeah, it's uh, it's only a mile and a half from my house. We were lucky yeah. to stumble across a building that we lease, and uh, uh, it's a pretty simple place. We don't keep dogs here or anything like that, so it's just a, we- a small warehouse converted into a training facility and uh, I do a lot of my work at my field at home we have some acreage there and uh, and then we got this nice climate control building here that we can come and work all year round in you know so you could do the group classes the private lessons at the facility the board and trains come to the house with you they do yeah I only do what I usually only do two at a time one or two Um, so I keep it small they come back home every night with me and um we do group classes here or sometimes in the field at home during the summertime when we have daylight savings. And, um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much and All the private lessons are pretty much done right here. You know, what are the duration of your board and train programs? So that's changed so much through the years. You know, you, you learn from your mistakes and how to get the best results and all that kind of stuff. So my board and trains are a full six week long program now. Um, and uh, I spend about four weeks on bait on all leash obedience and and then we roll into if the client wants to we roll into in the last two weeks overlaying that with a remote caller yeah yeah now you're i imagine you're sending uh, video clips uh, updates to the client showing some progression or no yeah i tend to put it uh, i try to try to keep that stuff actually public for everybody through my uh, social media stuff and um but I, I, I tell people when they sign up with me that I, I am not the kind of trainer to come to if you think that I'm going to give you updates every day. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to hover over you. So if you're, if you're not prepared for that, then I'm not the person for you. Um, I'm, I give them access to me 24-7. They can, they can text me anytime they want and find out what their dog's doing or how it's going. And for the most part, my clients pretty much leave me alone. If they haven't heard from me, they check in with me once a week and stuff, and I'll send them some video and post videos up and stuff like that. But um, I keep it simple. I'm, I'm not running a daycare here where I'm going to show you pictures of your dog every single day, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, so you can show everybody at work and all that stuff. Yeah. I, take training, I take training serious. This is not a social event. Yeah. Now, are you including group or private lessons upon completion of the board and train to glue it all together? Yeah, so they get uh, they they get a going home lesson uh, that lasts anywhere from an hour to two hours long, uh, and then they get a lifetime support with us. So they get as many follow ups for free as they possibly want. 
Um, and, and then they occasionally will hold like an accountability group class for graduates and they can come in and participate in that uh, in a group setting. Uh, unfortunately, you know, most clients, um, you know, for, for a multitude of reasons, don't do those follow-up lessons with us. Um, yeah. Some of them, some of them will allow their training to regress and they're too embarrassed to pick up the phone and call. Um, some of them may not be happy, I'm just being honest. And then, and then there's the people that, uh, you know, they just, they're just not doing the work, and, and that's unfortunate for all the time and effort that I put into it. Um, and then we get the people who are really dedicated, and uh, they're not afraid to pick up the phone, and we love that. Pick up the phone, call me. I'm more than happy. I'll be happy to see your dog again and work with you. And, and as you know in dog training, especially with board and trains, uh, the majority of the time when someone's having an issue and they come back in, we usually can rectify that in 30 minutes or less and the issue is usually a human issue so yes it, it's the human is not keeping the structure and stuff that we established with the dog they're not using the, the, the equipment in the way that we, we prescribed um, and so we, we fix what the human is doing wrong and the dog is like hey this makes sense I understand this yeah and I like what you said that training is a lifestyle and they have to maintain the training and they have to keep it up yeah yeah absolutely I mean uh, I mean it's, you know, we have dog trainers use this analogy a lot, but like you can hire a personal trainer and join the gym and they can be over your shoulder for, for three months or whatever, showing you what to do. And eventually, you know, you're going to be, by, you're going to be on your own and you can't be staring at your smartphone. You got to do the work. You got to show up. You got to do it. You got to make it part of your lifestyle. You know, same with, you know, everything that you do with your dog, it's the same thing. I mean, um, how are you, how you enter and, you know, ingress and egress doors with your dog. I make that my lifestyle with my dog, you know, yeah. I, I create the how I, everything I do with my dogs, I'm trying to establish the habits that I want formed. Do you have any staff at this point? Nope. Don't want any either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we keep it small. We had another facility that was the, uh, double the size of this. We had a retail store attached to it. Uh, I had some good employees, so it's not that I didn't have good people. I had some good employees, but, um, they were just handling the retail side of stuff and handling a lot of uh, the phone work for us. Um, that was very useful, but we got back to just being simple. Just my wife and I, husband and run company. And um, yeah, at some point in my career, as I start winding down, I may start mentoring some people and getting into that and uh, be more in a coaching position. Um, but right now I just like getting my hands dirty. And you still love it after all these years, and that's what's important. I do. Like anything, I have to switch it up. You know what I mean? Like if, if I get burnt out on private lessons, then I'll get heavy in group classes. And if I get burnt out with board and trains, I'll take a month off from it and do more group classes. You know, I just I, I like the ability that I can change things up if I, just, if I need a break from one. So if, if, if Mark is not dog training, what can you be found doing? Any hobbies you... Wish to admit? Uh, smoking cigars, drinking a little bourbon. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, uh, I used to I used to be a, uh, an endurance athlete. I used to run ultra marathons and uh, kind of do a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, back surgery kind of slowed me down. Um, and uh, I enjoy going to the gym, lifting some weights, and uh, just trying to take good care of myself. But, uh, you know, uh, I've got, it's been embarrassing, but I've kind of gotten to the point, and that's kind of the whole whiskey cigar thing. I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm not working. You might find me just sitting in a recliner relaxing. 
Yeah, you're decompressing, relaxing. Absolutely. Pleasure having you on the program tonight, Mark. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here. I appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Oh, it was fun jumping around the map with you. We covered a lot of ground. Hope you'll come back again. Love to. Right on. Mark Connolly, everyone, owner of Canine Command, Inc. from North Carolina. Have yourself a doggone awesome night, Mark. You as well. Thank you. Take care, buddy. We're out of time. I'm Dave McMahon from the Dave McMahon Dog Training Academy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to my producer, Mr. Greg Campagna. Thanks for listening, everyone. And you all have yourselves a doggone awesome night. See you later.